Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning back in with us here today on the program. Whether you are listening over at pathtozion.com to the audio only or you are watching the video here on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us. As always, you can reach out to us via all the platforms, um, including email at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Now, two days ago, I recorded the, uh, the one um, episode video um, discussing a question, many actually, um, in regards to the Asbury event, the, the revival, and, and not just there, um, and asking some very unpopular questions. Now, we've got some very good feedback from that, and I will say people seem to be responding in self-control and maturity um, for the most part, and nobody's really being out of line or, or super harsh. Um, I do see a pattern, though, of, of, of this this bothers me somewhat that that like a, a locomotive just going down the tracks with no brakes people just don't want to hear a critical question um, they just don't I mean that, that's just the reality of where we live in this Christian culture um, and climate that we're in today in 2023 people don't want questions they don't want to be Bereans um, I'm not being harsh I'm just saying we don't want to be Bereans um, we want we need to really quit talking about that um, Christianity does because um, the Bereans pattern was look present to me what you want to present and and I will listen and then I will devote my life to figuring out if what you're saying lines up with the Torah and the prophets and if it does it will remain and if it doesn't friend it needs to go and people just really aren't willing to do that they're very excited the, the verbiage continues to say Look, if you're not with us, get out of the way because you're on the side of the devil and you're nothing but a faithless doubter. Um, <laughs> I just don't agree with this approach whatsoever. Um, but that's just my, my personal opinion. Um, I think it's very dangerous. Um, but again, that's just me. And so it's not up to me, is it? <laughs> Nor you. Um, so what we're going to talk about today, as I alluded to in that, in that episode, is biblical revival. Well, what is it then? What is biblical revival? Because as I'm always saying, I said this about salvation when we talked about salvation according to the scriptures, according to the truth, according to the word, and that if Yeshua, Yeshua himself, Jesus, the Jesus we know and worship and whatever verbiage we use, follow, if he doesn't line up with the law and the prophets, he's a false messiah. He's not really Yeshua salvation, and that's that's something we just went through not long ago, a couple weeks maybe. And so, just like that, as I said to that, if we don't know who the real Messiah is, we will follow false messiahs. If we don't know what biblical salvation is, we will believe a false offering presentation of salvation. And here, why we're doing this is, if we don't understand a biblical pattern towards things like what we have called in humanity, revival, we will follow other moves of God, <laughs> um, which may or may not be that. And so that's why we're talking about it. So biblically speaking, what is it? I will say from the very beginning, I am primarily presenting an Old Testament text um, idea and, and endless accounts of a biblical pattern found in the Older Testament in the Law and Prophets to give us a whole picture. Because people can rightly say, Joel, you just hardly ever talk about the New Testament. 
Yes, I understand. And I, I say this with regularity, but for those who are new to the channel, the reason I only touch on the new is because the newer Testament is inundated with teaching. We've heard it our whole lives in common Protestant um, religion. Um, it's, it's all we know for the most part. History is all we know about the Older Testament is this historical document, document that was for a different people group. It doesn't really apply to us. It's all types and shadows anyway, but we have what? The substance that is Jesus, and so we don't need all that. Well, we're going to talk about that today in a little bit here in an introduction, but that's why I'm going to primarily focus on what revival was in the Older Testament primarily, um, because, again, the Newer Testament is merely commentary towards the Old. And so our substance, our, our source, our foundational understanding of the of principles of belief are found in the Torah and the Prophets. Um, that is what the, the called-out assembly was established upon um, in the book of Acts in the first, second uh, century. Um, those who watch the program know that. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. So this is uh, merely a molecule within the entire thought of the question, what is biblical revival? Um, we could spend hours on this topic of, of biblical repentance and, and the pattern of returning, turning away from sin, turning away from the ways of the nations. We talk about that here. Um, your former condition was the ways of the nations, the goyim Gentile mindset, and we're all not all, but we are called to leave behind the ways of the nations, the traditions of our fathers, the empty, hollow traditions of men. And we're to trade them in continually for what? For the eternal ways of Yahweh Elohim that were established thousands of years ago for his called out assembly people. But we've got to remember that regeneration in, in itself, if we're going to use some of these words, and also, almost all of them start with re-something, but regeneration is not a new covenant idea um, that somehow started on the other side of Messiah. Um, the act of revival um, equally is, is the, the event that is revival in the hearts of men now, not, not forms and um, events like, like we know them, gatherings, and, but like in the hearts of, hum, of people, human beings. Um, it's not up for our own definition, which is why we have to run to the word to tell us what, in fact, it is. Um, apart from scriptural evidence of what we have been shown and what is recorded for our benefit, um, it gets very dangerous to just define revival um, however we please, which is why I'm proposing it's dangerous when we hear all these buzzwords that we talked about in the Unpopular Questions episode um, about you know things that are being said that are these big, flashy um, buzzwords that, that we hear um, all about this event. Um, now, of course, we're all going to have discrepancies of, of our opinions and our understanding, our, our way of, of handling um, the, the scriptures themselves. Of course, we're all going to have a, a little bit different perspective, but we have to sit down and look to them together the best we can um, to arrive at what they're saying. They, the scriptures. The Bible must be our evidence and, and our, our direction, I guess, to, to point us towards what the word of Elohim tells us is regeneration, revival, returning. 
Um, otherwise, you say revival is this, she says revival is that, that denomination says revival is this and it has to be like this, this person says it has to be like this. Um, that's why this watered down, what do you think? I don't know, let's just show up and see what Holy Spirit does doctrine that's just really increasing and has a good little bit of new age tint to it. Um, it's very dangerous because nobody's coming with any biblically sourced agenda. It's just, well, let's just be organic and, and let's just sit in Holy Spirit's presence and call down the fire and see what happens. Um, I don't see that as a biblical pattern. And that's what we're going to talk about. Well, what is the biblical pattern then? That's what we're going to talk about. Um, since the literal word revival itself um, that is being tossed about all over the place right now... Um, we have to look to recorded biblical events, prophecies, and teachings that explain the best that we can find what that means. Because the word revival itself, if you sat down at your um, commentary, your, your study tools online or otherwise, um, books, you know, books with pages and hardbacks, and um, <laughs> you're not going to be able to look up revival and then go to all these um, biblical texts. It, it just doesn't work that way. There's really no... There are Hebrew equivalents, and that's what we're going to look at, uh, of what I believe we're, we're, we're using to describe proper revival, biblical revival, and that's what we're going to have to tackle today. But most every single case, biblically speaking, revival as we would understand it biblically and how we would reiterate that is talking about a returning, a returning to something, Okay. Um, and, and one of the words we're going to talk about is going to be shuv, which is a return. It is, we'll talk about this in much greater length, but it's in the word a thou, over a thousand times in the Older Testament. And it talks about a returning to Father's ways. That's what shuv, the Hebrew word for revival, return, is always promoting and projecting to all men who would listen throughout all generations a call to return to Yahweh's ways. That is a biblical baseline for revival, repentance, returning. Okay, a friend of mine, we asked, yesterday we spent all day just talking about the Bible with some um, dear people, and it was just awesome. I hope you have people like that in your life that's all they want to do is just sit with Bibles open and talk. We talked about that. And, and, and one of the ladies there, she shared um, about first mention of the word shuv. And, uh, and that it appears to, from the dust you came and from the dust and to the dust you will shuv. You will return. And so it's just like that with Father's ways. We walk out of his ways. We all do. We all walk out of his ways. And, and a proper revival and returning is going back to where we began, a, a covenantal reality. We're always talking covenant here on the program. We are, are called to return back into a covenantal condition with our covenantal father. And so that is very important for us to lay down in the groundwork here. And we could spend hours on this biblical theme of, of, of returning. Now, for the sake of time, we're just going to mention a few um, verses topically to get things started, um, to lay a groundwork of the biblical examples, literal accounts of what I'm going to tell you is a, a pattern that we see in the Word. And let me just go ahead and give it away right now. Almost every occurrence, I can't say every because I don't know the entirety of the Word of Elohim from beginning to end and know if there's any exclusions. But every single example I came across in my studies over the last several days about this matter, you see a... a a specific 
um, order. You see a leader or a prophet come on the scene, and he declares, thus says Yahweh Elohim to Yahweh's people. Okay, to Yahweh's people. This is specific. He calls out their error, their idolatry, their, their um, rebellion. He, he makes a statement that Yahweh Elohim is displeased with them. And so conviction comes. Okay, we, we can examine all these with great length, but we don't have time. And people are generally by a, a, a literal act of Elohim, and we're going to touch on some of these, something that Elohim does to reveal himself to humanity, to get their attention for his people, and they are then challenged with what? Two opinions, <laughs> two options. You will today choose to covenantally join yourself and return to covenant that you have abandoned to Yahweh Elohim, the one true Elohim, or you're going to go follow someone else. Two very simple, very simple choices that even a child could understand. You're going to, you're going to return to covenant and follow Yahweh Elohim's commands, or you're going to go another way, the ways of the nations, which follows all the way, of course, to the Newer Testament that Shaul Paul was teaching. And then you're going to make a decision. If you decide to enter covenant, then you have to return to Father's ways. You repent. You declare your wrongdoing. I am, I'm what? Search me. Try me. See if there's what? A wicked, rebellious, hard-hearted, stiff-necked way in me that has caused me to abandon my Father's commands. Then, there, and all these things we could go through, but I wanted to give an overview it is a pattern, a biblical pattern is very clear and easy to be found in endless biblical accounts of real life people who had a moment where they heard the word of Elohim come through a prophet or a leader. They had an option to repent. If in fact they did repent, they confessed that they had walked away from Father's covenantal commands. He, in his mercy, poured out forgiveness and kindness and long-suffering upon them. They returned back to covenant by doing something different and not doing other things. And they journey out in joy and rejoicing is always the biblical pattern. For example, we see this with Elijah in the event with the prophets of Baal. To fast forward to the result first, and then we'll backtrack a little bit as we talk about what is biblical revival. We will start right here. When This is a quote now. When all of the people saw this, and we'll talk about this, because we have to start with the result. They fell prostrate, and they cried, Yahweh, He is Elohim. Yahweh is Elohim. Okay, so we start at the end. There are people on their faces declaring clearly the name of the Most High. Yahweh is Elohim. There is a specificity. There is a purpose in the declaration of the hearts of men declaring there is one true Elohim and no other. As Mary declared when she found out she was carrying the baby Yeshua, the, the, the literal son of Elohim in her womb, she what? She declared, yeah, excuse me, Yahweh is Savior, okay? We talked about that weeks ago on the program. She declared not Yeshua is Savior, not Jesus is going to be the Savior. When she found out she was carrying the literal son of Elohim, Yahweh is Savior. Interesting, yes? That's all part of the Yeshua study I'm doing as well. So they fall prostrate and they cry out and, and declare out of their mouth something very important, the name of Yahweh Elohim. 
The event was clearly defined by people encountering very interesting things that were going on that led to this declaration. People were what? They were wavering between two opinions. Ultimately, they were pushed and pressed to decide who would be their Elohim. Okay? The words of the prophet via uh, Yahweh himself, spoken through this man Elijah, pressed these people into a corner and said, Look, today you're going to choose. Who are you going to covenantally join yourself with? Are you going to go the ways of the nations or are you going to go the way of Yahweh? Who would be their Elohim? The text makes several specifics quite clear. 1 Kings chapter 18, Ahab was guilty of something very specific. He was found to be, quote, this is the accusation from Yahweh himself through the prophet to the king. You have been found forsaking the commandments of Yahweh and going after the Baals. His guilt? Well, he was just a really bad guy. No, specific. Let's only allow the word to speak to us. He was found forsaking the commandments of Yahweh and going after the Baals. This was what the charge against him was. And this is nothing unique. <laughs> Elijah plays his role in this grand uh, um, demonstration. We know it's an awesome uh, awesome imagery. If we're going to talk about fire falling, we can talk about it in this manner, in a scriptural way. The, the fire, the literal physical fire comes from Yahweh, burns up the sacrifice, the altar, and all these things. And Yahweh makes a showing that what? If you're willing to bow yourself before my awesomeness, you today can covenantally join with me because I've made myself known to you. I hope that's what's happening in these revival movements is that a beginning moment of Yahweh in 2023 doing something to stir in the hearts of people to what? To, to reveal himself as a, a presentation of I'm Yahweh Elohim. I am the God of all gods. And I want to be that for you intimately, personally. Now, this is just as we alluded to all the time in the last episode. This is just, this isn't even infantile. This is like a, an embryonic stage. Okay, this isn't even a baby. This is an embryo just beginning to form. And what it will become, man, I'm telling you, no one knows. No one knows. And it's not lack of faith. It's not, well, you just don't expect God to move, which people are saying about anyone asking questions. As I said, uh, anyone who asks questions about this revival, if it's really a move of God or not, will never know what revival is. And that's hogwash. That's just, that's just spiritual chatter about people getting hyper-emotional. It's not, it's not true. It's not factual. That's not biblical in any way whatsoever. We are, as Bereans, trying to ask questions according to the word to just say, I've just got questions about what I'm seeing and what you're saying. But as we know, you can't ask questions in modern-day Christianity if you say, Brother, do you really know what you're doing? Do you understand what you're saying? Um, can you show me in the Word where that is? Brother, you just don't want a move of God. Get out of here. That's really where we are um, in the condition of the modern-day church. And, you know, we could really grow from, from maturing out of that, um, in my opinion. But I want to propose, as we stick to this text in 1 Kings again, about Elijah and the prophets of Baal, um, this, this grand demonstration that Yahweh does is absolute incredible, supernatural. Yahweh made it very clear that day for anyone who would, who would just stand in awe of what was happening. Oh yeah, I'm the one true Elohim, all right. Get out of the way. <laughs> 
Um, but it, it much of this revolves around something very important as we talk about a biblical pattern of revival. And well, what do we see? What, okay, so we've already seen people saw this and they fell prostrate and they cried out what? Something specific, the name of Yahweh. He is Elohim. The entire focus was what we see all throughout the Older Testament, especially in Psalms. A declaration of a specific identifiable name. We talked about this maybe 30 days ago in does, as the, asking the question, does the name of God matter? This is an example of you better believe it. Why? It births revival. It births renewal. It births a returning to covenant. We know that because the prophet builds an altar in the name of Yahweh, to quote the word. Okay? In, in the name of Yahweh Most High's great name, uh, uh, an altar is erected by the prophet. 18 verse 36, Elijah cries out some significant things, and let's read it. Yahweh, Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Okay, this is very specific. There is, like today, like we talked about in that series, if you said God, if, 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 if um, Elijah would have stepped onto the scene, everything else is already in place like normal. If he would have stepped out into that and said, Oh, great God, we call you down, God. God, speak today. He, of course, would have just blanket said Elohim. Oh, Elohim, come today. No one in the entire vicinity would have known which Elohim he was talking to. No one would have known. That's why it matters today, especially in the spiritual unseen realm. I think most of the enemies just saying they don't even know who they're talking to. They know the name of Baal, they know the name of Dagon, but they don't even say their own Elohim's name. He's just God. We don't see that in the text. Yahweh, Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Oh, okay, that Elohim, oh no. It caused people to tremble at the name of Yahweh. Let it be known today that you are Elohim in Israel, that I am your servant, that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, Yahweh. Answer me so that these people may know that you, Yahweh, are Elohim. Okay, why? Why the demonstration? So that people will know who is the Elohim of all Elohims. And the finishing line here I love, and that you have turned their heart back again. Okay, back again to what? Back again to his covenant. Back again to his His perfect, flawless ways that mankind always abandons and walks away from, all of us, okay? We see a very uh, similar account in 2 Chronicles chapter 15. The spirit of Elohim comes on the prophet Azariah. The Israelites are in great distress, as usual. The leaders decide to listen to the prophet's message. Um, they repent, they destroy their idols, and they begin to worship Yahweh through extravagant giving, extravagant sacrifices, and, and an upheaval of rededication. They return, okay? The revival of Nehemiah, the revival of Ezra's day, they're quite similar as well. The Israelites are again in great distress. Why? Their rebellion, their hard-heartedness, their stiff-neckedness, just like the king in Elijah's day, they had abandoned Yahweh's mitzvot, his commands, and gone their own way, the ways of the Baals, the ways of the nations. The scriptures are read in the midst of these people. People weep. People repent. They choose covenantal rededication. 
And then, as is always the case, it ends with great rejoicing. This is a biblical pattern. The light comes on. We'll make this very simple. The light comes on. People are made aware of their depravity and, and abandoning of Yahweh's covenantal commands. And they, if they choose to return, they return covenantal, this covenantal language all over the word um, in regards to returning um, to Yahweh's ways. This is not just a simple, you say a prayer and you were bad and now you're good event. We, we, we declared that we're addicted to pornography and, and we don't love our brother. And I'm not saying those things aren't necessary, yes and amen, but that has got to lead to something more. This is, if we're watching a biblical pattern unfold in just mere tiny measure here over the, over the last 20 minutes, there is a biblical pattern that we could spend 20 hours of recording, just going through the word, going through the word, going through the word. Here it is again. Here it is again. Here it is again. True repentance, according to the word of Elohim, is a returning to his ways and abandoning the ways of the nations. That's what Shaul Paul was always talking about. He was always confronting all of these things, whether it's an Asherah pole in the Older Testament or if it's walking through Athens and the, the unknown gods and all these things. The pattern is clear from, from one side of the book to the other. It is people who are given a, a chance through the, through the kindness of Yahweh himself to return to him, covenantally speaking. In pretty much every Older Testament account, an instance of what we call revival, it begins with idolatry being confessed. We have been a wayward, harlotry-driven people. And then ultimately destroyed. Repentance comes, prostrate on the floor, a crying out. You can follow the word shaka, a, a, a literal bowing and obeisance and, and emptying of oneself, prostrate in worship of Yahweh Elohim. He is God. He is Elohim. He and no other. In here now, oh, well, that was just all outward. No way. We're going to get to that as well. These were heart issues, people. These were heart issues. Father was all, what we already say that he was doing. He, Yahweh, has turned their heart back again. This was not, well, that's just a type and shadow, brother, but now we have Jesus, the real. Oh, friend, we've inherited such arrogant doctrine. These people were no different than you and I, no different at all. We're no different or better or anything like that. Pretty much every single example, Yahweh raises up a leader or a prophet, like we've said. He preaches his Torah, his law, his ways and his commands. The people weep if they choose to obey. They confess and they return to covenant with true worship of Elohim in spirit and in truth to obey his commands, his laws. It is a biblical pattern. I believe this is what we have to be looking for. Um, let me read this and then we'll end part one here. In light of the entirety of the Bible, it's almost comical to think that we now are somehow entirely different in Jesus. This is kind of springboarding off of what I just said. We think now we just need to call down Holy Spirit fire, and then we get a buzz, we feel better, we've, we've confessed some sins, and we walk out. <laughs> Friend, if, if this does not lead to covenant, if this doesn't lead to covenant, I dare say it just doesn't have much purpose. Because that is the goal of the entirety of Yahweh's extension of himself to humanity from beginning to end. It is Yahweh's funnel, if you will. 
He desires it all to come into covenant. We now, as I always say, we are in the new covenant, a covenantal joining of oneself. You want the blessings that everybody loves to throw around? You have to do the requirements. There are righteous deeds that we have been told what those are that please the Father, that reveal we are in covenant with Him. We don't do them to, to receive our salvation. There's still all this confusion. Christians say, oh, I know what you're saying. No, you don't. You have no idea what I'm saying. I'm saying I do what the Father commanded like my Messiah did because I love him because they both said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And so that's simple enough. Okay, I can define love that way by action, by doing something to please my Father, just like I hope my son in the natural does in my house. It's not a real complex idea. Paul knew this. Um, Shaul wrote in Romans chapter 15, for whatever was written before was written for our instruction. What was before? He's not talking about the book of Acts. He's talking about the Holy Scriptures, the capital S Scriptures, so that through patience and the encouragement of the Scriptures, oh, dang it, he did tell us what they were. Why? So that we might have hope. We have hope through the Scriptures. They had hope through what was written before for their instruction. It was instruction. It Okay, it was preceding Shaul Paul. It was when he was writing that and what he was teaching because he knew the gospel was found in the Torah and the prophets. And it is true now. The scriptures are to give us hope. (laughs) Hope of what? A returning to fathers, covenantal ways and promises that go all the way back to a man named Abraham. Okay, friends, we have been invited into covenant. And if we're going to talk about biblical revival and what is it, it is a call to return. It is a call to go back to our Father's ways because guess what? You've not known who you are. We're no different. We're no better than all these people that have millions of people that preceded us and went through this pattern over and over and over again. Everything you say, Yahweh, we will do. Change my mind. We need to return. Everything you say, Father, we're going to do. We covenantally join ourselves with you. Yes and amen. We're sorry. And they meant it from their hearts. Yes. (laughs) And then what? They followed idolatry. They followed the traditions of their fathers. And this is a pattern and a cycle, friend, that you and I are not exempt from in the slightest. We are no different. This is a biblical pattern of asking the question, what is biblical revival? We're going to talk about a whole lot more here in just a couple minutes, including... We're going to read some psalms. We're going to spend probably a solid 30 minutes in the book of Ezekiel, um, where we start to talk about these words, hayah and shuv, um, in the Older Testament, describing, I believe, the best that we can, a proper understanding of biblical revival. You're watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way around here because guess what? The ancient way leads to my father's ways. And so that is our goal is to return to him and be found pleasing in his sight so that one day he can look at us like his son who perfectly kept Torah, which was every instruction ever made for humanity, that Yahweh sent his son who perfectly executed every command perfectly. Why? Because he loved his father. And we are walking the way our Messiah walks so that we too can hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen, man. That's our goal. So thank you for watching. We'll be back for part two right after this. Amen.